Hey you lot, bandwidth for erotic awakenings provided by Heels Fang, www.heelsfang.com. Specializing in unique handcrafted leather, wood, metal, and other erotic material toys. Go check out Heels Fang, www.heelsfang.com. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. Every Thursday, your hosts, Dan and Dawn, share with you their experience and insights on kink, power exchange, and erotic life, as well as bring you interviews with exciting people from various lifestyles. Then every Monday, you'll hear from our various guest hosts. These nationally known educators bring a variety of experience to the mics and share with you an ever-increasing diverse world of alternative life. Erotic Awakening is intended for mature audiences. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Don. Hi, Dan. Here we are on another episode. 155 is the episode today. Unbelievable. It is unbelievable. And it's unbelievable that we are actually podcasting today. I was wondering if we were going to or not. I was too. <laughs> um, as it happens at about 6 a.m. this morning, uh, we were in the emergency room as mm-hmm. I apparently um, have <laughs> a kidney stone, is my understanding. So, yes. And, and it, it is it is trying to make its entrance into the world. Yes, it is. <laughs> I am trying to give birth. <laughs> and, the only way a man can. <laughs> yes. Uh, at least in my case. Um, and so this um, podcast, we were going to do the part two of, of the, the, the DS phases. Right. Phases of a power exchange relationship. Mm-hmm. And that's actually scheduled to come up this Thursday. Okay. Um, although we did get some feedback on episode one, which we we'll did. be sharing in a couple minutes. And, but this time around, we have a really interesting question about uh, how to, um, what kind of sensation play raises energy when mm-hmm. you're playing with someone mm-hmm. and we have all kinds of other stuff going on we do we and we're do just going to get right into it um what do you want to talk about first though um i guess things that we've done so i always like to to recap the week and and to start the new show yeah, so hopefully people that are listening you know not only do they get to hear what it uh, what we've been up to, but what mm-hmm. different events were and our take on the different events. And, you know, we'll give them some idea whether it's something that they would enjoy. Right. And in this case, the uh, thing that I think you're thinking of is the Spanksgiving. Spanksgiving, yes. So had a lot of fun there. And we finally did what we said that we were going to do over the last 10 years. What was that? Actually get to an event early so that we oh, can yeah. be um, of... God, I almost said voyeurs of the city. What is it? <laughs> Tourists. <laughs> Tourists. There we go. But that led us to the actual reason we were there, which was the event called Spanksgiving. Yes. One of the better names for an event. Love it. Um, so I love their t-shirt. I love their little uh, uh, icon, too. The, so. the logo with the mm-hmm. turkey handprint. Hand. Yes. Because when you were kids and in school, that's how you learned how to make a turkey. You put your hand and you drew your hand and then oh. you added a little face and your fingers were the feathers. Well, there you go. So, well, now they've done that, but they've... Turned it into Spanksgiving. It has a whole new meaning. It does indeed. <laughs> um, so we just had a, had a really nice time at Spanksgiving. Mm-hmm. We did a couple different classes. Really, uh, one of the interesting, very well received the two polyamory classes yes. that we did. And it's really funny because the um, you and I went to 
St. Louis to do an event. Mm-hmm. And then me and Karen went to St. Louis to do an event. Mm-hmm. And now you and me go to St. Louis to do an event. And it happens to be a poly-based mm-hmm. classes that we're doing. And that was a great example of, you know, some of the poly uh, stuff out there. Absolutely. Um, so just a fantastic time out there. Well, we did um, the two poly classes and then we did um, slutty, slutty sex. sex. And, and it was funny because a lot of the people that were in our slutty sex class had also been in the poly class. Mm-hmm. And because of who we are and the way we, we teach the class and the stories we share, they got a lot more poly info <laughs> <laughs> with that class as well. Yeah, they, so. they did as well, as well as getting... Um, a leg up on anybody buying the sex stories and power exchange book yes. as to what stories are true and which are not true because I tried to tell a story without telling the story because it was in the book and then I just gave up because mm-hmm. it got too complicated <laughs> yeah uh, so Thanksgiving had a wonderful time mm-hmm. um, great vendors they had an airbrush artist there so yeah that was a nice yeah. change of pace the airbrush artist mm-hmm. and then the, the on-site t-shirt the printers, silk screening yeah silk screening uh, so that was a nice change of pace, along with all the other great vendors, mm-hmm. like Heels Fang. Heels Fang, Miss um, Martha and, and Ms. her Martha. corsets. And yes. I did want to say thank you to Heels Fang for being our bandwidth provider this week. Yes. Uh, you can contact them at www.heelsfang.com, or you can get a hold of them at begin at heelsfang.com. So we see just tons and tons of vendors. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, when we come across somebody whose stuff stands out, yeah, uh, I try to make contact and try and help them out best we can. Try and get them involved, uh, however we can. And in this case, they paid for their uh, front bump via cookies. I was going to say that completely acceptable. <laughs> that is completely acceptable. Uh, so I would recommend if you're looking for something a little different, a little special for your holiday Christmas shopping in the naughty categories, uh, check out heelsfang.com. Absolutely. Nice people. Just nice people. Absolutely. Though, speaking of the holidays, there's other things they could um, get as well. (laughs) We do have the book on on a 20% off sale at the moment. We don't? No. You've got it slightly mixed up. You have to buy, if you buy uh, both books, you would end up getting 20% off. Each book is 10% off individually. Oh. So that's not exactly the same. Okay. It is if you buy both books. All right. Because <laughs> it's 10% off each. It's if you go to 10%. eroticawakening.com, <laughs> yes. you'll find an, a, a link to the books, and you can go there and see for yourself. But, okay. Uh, as if you order now, let's see, it's the end of November. November. We could probably, well, yeah, we could get it turned around, get your copy signed, Absolutely. and whoever you wanted it to makes a wonderful Christmas present. Absolutely, yeah, because we have some in stock right now, so it's just a matter. And it is a Christmas present to you and I as well, buying our book, which allows us to keep doing the podcast. Yay! So Merry Christmas to you, Don. (laughs) Thank you. Merry Christmas to you, sir. So Go on. No, I was just going to say, so also while we were at Thanksgiving, I finished a book. Oh, you did finish I a book. I did, and I don't usually do that, but we had a long-ass trip, so yeah. I, got, I got to finish it. And mm-hmm. um, it, it was actually very, very interesting. I'm looking forward to the interview with the, the author of it. So, And it's called The Dionysian Alliance, mm-hmm. a novel of sex, religion, and murder by Jack Ranella. Mm-hmm. So actually very good. So we're going to be interviewing him soon. Now, most people know Jack Ranella as famed Leatherman, and mm-hmm. the books that he's written are about leather lifestyle, mm-hmm. about being a, a leather master, that kind of thing. This is, if I understand correctly, this is Jack's first fictional book. Yes. So, but go figure. There's some kink in here. <laughs> there's some. <laughs> there's, there's some great stuff in there. Yeah. 
Good, so, good. Good book. Good so we'll book. be talking to Jack soon to talk about that book with him. Absolutely. Excellent. Um, so I see that we had someone named Obscurantissa. Ooh, Obscurant, Obscurantista. Okay. Yeah, Maybe. that's pretty close. <laughs> uh, they mentioned that they listened to the podcast while doing domestic service. We met uh, her at Smart recently, the group in Ohio. And really need to hear somebody say, oh, I listen to your podcast while I do my domestic service. Now, didn't she say she was doing her domestic service in Chains? That she does listen to this while she's in Chains? Chains domestic and, service? A pod, and an iPod. What else uh, do you Yeah, mean? yeah. There you go. That works. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, and I also got a link by Boy Drew. Oh, did so, you? So, who, who is local. And uh, uh, Boy Drew does a fantastic job with my boots, too. Awesome boot oh, black. Awesome boot black. But sent me a link to um, Finger Tentacles. So, it must be via Etsy or... I'm not sure if it was Etsy or not. Okay. I'm not sure. So I have to pull the link out again. But uh, yeah, it was Little Finger Tentacles. So And, and I actually already own one because Barrick and Sheba bought me one while they were they at Fulsome Fringe. <laughs> they did. <laughs> it's so exciting. It's a little thing sometimes because they gave it to you and you pulled it out and it was like, oh. <laughs> well, uh, this rate will have a full handful of tentacles yet. Yay. And what are we going to do with them then? <laughs> I have ideas. <laughs> Good. <laughs> they involve naked flesh. <laughs> so as we continue along on the little banter show that we're doing so far, um, so here's something interesting I thought I would like to share with people. Okay. Um, Sherry, who teaches, one of the teachers of the Path of the Kadishti mm-hmm. uh, Level 1. Right. She was one of our, our students for Level 1 uh-huh. and then um, does uh, sacred sexuality stuff in her own right, mm-hmm. you know, up in Toronto. So, but uh, yeah, now she teaches our, our Level 1. Yeah. And she has uh, recently... Um, sent us some information that I wanted to share with people. And mm-hmm. a path of the Kiddishti, for people who may not be aware, is our sacred sexuality modality. Mm-hmm. The idea that uh, sacred sexuality should be available to everyone. Yes. And um, so she pointed out that she has a uh, put together a class um, with Joshua Tenpenny and Ruth Adams and Raven Kildara. And they're doing a couple different pa- uh, classes along the lines of uh, sacred sexuality and a lot of work with uh, the transgender mm-hmm. people. Uh, for example, one of the workshops is touching the th- sacred third, sex workers and transgender clients. Mm-hmm. And another one is loving two-in-one, sex and relationships outside the binary. And, um, I mean, that's just stuff you don't see all over the place. Absolutely. I, and we had a really interesting conversation about it. So, Don, let me ask you this question. Okay. Is it appropriate for sacred sexuality teachers to teach sacred sexuality to transgender, you know, here's how you deal with transgender clients. Mm-hmm. Or should we say everybody's equal, everybody's the same, we treat them all equally, so why would you have to have a separate set of rules for... Right, so, and when I saw these classes were coming through, you're asking me this because I was on one side of the fence and, and had to sit and look at it. And, you know, for me, I absolutely want um, the people that work in our Scarlet Sanctuary and stuff, I mm-hmm. want them to be okay enough, okay enough, not the right terminology, comfortable enough to work with anybody that comes through. So yes, it's very much about loving all, treating people, um, uh, you know, t- treating people non-biased. Mm-hmm. So, but the reality is, is that we do, we are biased. 
You know, some of us do have um, thoughts and walls and, and speed bumps that we have to get across. Some of us may, as in the, the sacred sexuality workers, some of us may not be as confident mm-hmm. in ourselves when we're with a new situation and making sure that we're not crossing um, invisible lines sure. or harming somebody or, or whatever. So I absolutely believe we need to treat everybody the same. Mm-hmm. I also believe that this is, these classes are going to be very powerful in getting our workers or anybody that wants these classes to a place where they can treat everybody the Mm -hmm. same so yeah so it's it's like a um oh it's like a a goal to reach to keep walking the path you know for myself i can you know i can only speak for myself and i would say i'm a fairly i'm a pretty open-minded person Mm -hmm. i'm a pretty tolerant person very not even tolerant but accepting person Mm -hmm. um and you and i run in such circles that we interact and deal with everything from adult babies Mm -hmm. to puppies to all kinds of different uh, expressions of the lifestyle, right? I like that, expressions, yeah. Um, but when I first started interacting with transgender people, and mm-hmm. I don't know that you would say that's a lifestyle more so than... I'm not going to try... Try not to put the language to it. it yeah. It's hard to, to use the language, yeah. Um, but we culturally are brought up with some barriers, some responses. Mm-hmm. Most people, I will say, are the average person to uh, transgendered people, right? Right. As uh, maybe, I don't know, 20 years ago, there certainly weren't a transgender work uh, support groups in corporate America mm-hmm. like we have now. I would guess that even 10 years ago, I don't know that we would have had transgender support. I so I don't, don't maybe in more progressive parts of the United States. I say in our area, that would be pushing it a little bit. But I thought it for myself, um, very useful and very um, appreciative that somebody did take the time and help me to get over the boundaries that I'd set up for myself that I didn't even realize I had. You right. Know? To getting past the baggage that you bring with you Mm -hmm. and to be able to see the person as more than just the external meat suit that they're wearing Mm -hmm. or what's elective uh, surgery they may have gotten. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know. I want to say elective surgery so much as corrective surgery. That's the word I wanted. Um, or, or, you know, in the, in the case of our good friend, Michelle Z, who has decided not to get any kind of surgery whatsoever. Right. And simply has decided I'm going to live as a female, regardless of what my body mm-hmm. portrays to you. But I'm going to enjoy my body as well. I'm going yeah. to enjoy what I was born with, but I'm also embracing me as female, which I am. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and I can see that, you know, we, we've met. A lot of people like that. But, you know, like I said, when it was first presented to the um, POTQ list, the idea of these workshops, yeah, my first thought was, why do we need, this is separate, sure. this is seg- segregation, separation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, this is treating people differently when we're supposed to be treating everybody the same. But when um, the students were asked if they were interested in it, everybody started raising their hands. So obviously people are wanting that information, you know, so that they can keep moving forward in their, in their journey as, as practitioners. And the idea that Joshua and Raven are putting it together. I mean, obviously they feel there's a need for it, you know? So, and they're willing to give that information. So, and you know, 
it's it's worth pointing out when we were at the trans campouts mm-hmm. where we were suddenly we were the minority we were the minority non as we were the non as we were non trans people we weren't the only non trans people there but we mm-hmm. were by far the minority and it was made very clear here's how we are comfortable you know with gender pronouns mm-hmm. being asked what gender we like to identify with mm-hmm. today um, and it wasn't a matter it's it's more a matter of courtesy and respect right. than it is a matter of segregation. If I go into a Catholic church, you know, I'm not going to spend my entire time there telling everybody how great Buddhism is. It's, <laughs> right. it, it's rude. Right. You know, it, if I'm going to go there to their place, I'm going to cherish their place in the best way that I can, mm-hmm. you know, or at least teach myself what I need to do to be uh, respectful. Mm-hmm. Right. So the first time that you as a, as a, Worker, and by the term worker, we don't necessarily mean uh, a paid sex worker, but <laughs> you and I are uh, more long priest and priestess of the sacred sexuality work. Right. Um, I.e., we don't get paid for it. <laughs> the first time you have uh, a transgendered person laying on the table under you, um, it, yeah, it, it, it can be a little, um, I mean, our intent is love and to see the divinity uh-huh. within the person. But if you're worried about, ooh, how are they going to feel if I touch them there? How are, yeah. You know, it, it, when you start doing too much thinking, thinking right. in your head because you're afraid of touching boundaries, I mean, like I said, our intent is great, but w- we want to make it a pleasurable experience for both parties, the giver and the receiver. Mm-hmm. So whatever tools help in that, you know, these workshops are a great tool for that. You know, and the, the other, the interesting thing is you start off with, oh, I brought bringing my baggage because of how I was raised, mm-hmm. how I view transgender people is, is based on my baggage. And you get past that. And then for myself, you go to the opposite extreme where you want to be overly courteous, mm-hmm. right? Where you say, oh, I don't want to treat you any differently from anyone else. <laughs> um, and, and to the point where you can, look, I, I want to be treated like this, right? You know? Uh, you and I have been very fortunate in that we have more than one occasion we have watched somebody go through the entire process mm-hmm. from being one gender identity to another gender identity. Yes. And uh, in some cases, that has meant a full uh, gauntlet of surgery. Right. And um, it's just been really, really fascinating for you and I to be able to say, get beyond the body. And what is the energy mm-hmm. telling you? What is the energy of the person? And and get to the place where, where for me, I've, I've had moments because we've been through this experience, you know, a few times. I, I've still had those moments of, um, oh, what pronoun am I supposed to use? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, I have no intent here of hurting feelings, but I really don't want to. You know, so I've had to get good at asking the questions. Yeah. You know, how do you want me to? you know, refer to you, yep. what are you more comfortable with? And yet you finally get used to just asking, Sure, you know, and it, it's right. It, it's being nice about it. It's being, uh, yeah. Yeah. I've for me, it's, it's as simple as if I'm <laughs> going to go visit someone in Tibet, mm-hmm. I would kind of like to know before I walk into your home, do you have any particular customs that I may not be familiar with. For example, a great example of that is in certain countries, showing somebody the underside of your foot is a great insult. Right. Right. That's. Just, I'm just looking for that. Give me the, the the base of information to say, here's how I want to be treated. And maybe the thing is that all you have to teach me is I want you to treat me exactly like any other person with no exactly. reservations. If I pour, if I 
gender identify as female. I want you to treat me as female. Mm-hmm. And don't make it overcomplicated. And don't treat me like a trans person. Treat me like the identity that I've told you that I have. Right. Right. Maybe that's all we, you know, maybe that's all that you're going to get out of this class. But I tell you, I, anyway, that I, wasn't that supposed to be the topic of the show. It wasn't, but, but, but it's good stuff. And, and it just clicked in my head. I know you used the example of Tibet, you know, going uh, to Tibet and learning the protocols. You know, but maybe that's why it's a little easier for us at this point is because of the power exchange relationship. We recognize that not everybody understands our protocol. Mm-hmm. So if they come up to us you know, with, with respect or, or just a, a general wanting to know when they ask about the protocol, you know, what, what else can you do? Yeah. You, you ask and you ask for information. So. Absolutely. And I think the most telling thing about all this is that it is trans people teaching the class. Exactly. They're the ones that I love say, it. yes, this needs to be taught. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Anyway, so you can find out more about these workshops. The third one, which uh, I really am bummed that we may not be able to make, is the rite of astral gender, mm-hmm. shape-shifting the anatomy of your energy body. That would be really fascinating. I love that. Uh, but they are looking for, they're still trying to pick up a venue, and they are looking for sponsors. So if this is something that you are very passionate about, certainly you could reach out and uh, become one of the sponsors. And they're still working out exactly what mm-hmm. that means. All this is taking place on February 26th. Starting at 10 a.m., lasting perhaps till 6, perhaps till 8 p.m. Wow. In, I believe, it's in Detroit they're putting this together, Detroit, okay. Michigan. Awesome. You can find out more by, or become a sponsor, or uh, sign up for the workshops by writing to coachingbysherry at gmail.com. Awesome. Link in the notes. There you go. So there's a nice little sidebar there. See, we don't... We don't need topics. We don't need a topic. We can just ramble about anything. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I do owe you an apology, though. According to uh, Alpha Geek from oh. the Twitter, <laughs> I said, I don't think that your 30 degrees Celsius is that cold. <laughs> and he points out that it is cold. It is 22 degrees negative Fahrenheit. And that is a motherfucking cold. Now, see, now see, you said he for Alpha Geek. You're assuming Alpha Geek's a he, huh? I was thinking I, Alpha Geek was a girl. Well, there you go. Alpha Geek. <laughs> Gender school is Alpha Geek. Um, so, 20, yeah, negative 22 Fahrenheit is still seriously cold. So um, when we go to Edmonton mm-hmm. in February, it would be really, really, really nice to have lots of people there with us to help keep us warm. Absolutely. <laughs> I, you know what? It's funny because I asked uh, Michael when we interviewed him about that, do planes actually fly in those kind of temperatures? He says, of course they do. Said, what do you mean, of course they do? Yeah, I don't. <laughs> well. So, well, we will have... And then he said it was also warm inside the hotel, but I think we're supposed to venture outside the hotel oh, we when we have dinner yeah. with um, attendees so that, that pick us to have dinner with. It's just really interesting that your your life is built around negative 30 degrees Celsius, <laughs> you know? I mean, I don't think you have conversations like, did you forget your hat? <laughs> Did you remember to bring your gloves? Yeah, I, I mean, I see your hands have not uh, fallen off. I mean, you must have, oh, that's right. Um, so, oh, you know what? Where we're not going, though, is New Zealand. Aww. Which is unfortunate, because Simon in New Zealand suggests that the Caning Dawn's Tale podcast is our best one yet. And he uh, very much thinks it's a great way to review a, a product. Uh-huh. Uh, and I, I certainly agree. We got those canes from Maui the kink, kink shop was it the kink shop we got the canes from the kink shop and we got the paddles and some paddles from yes. Maui kink. yes and um 
and the rug beater was oh he may not possibly. have gotten to the rug beater yeah. <laughs> episode yet may not <laughs> but those are uh you're right it's a neat way to review a product and, mm-hmm. and we try to um you know put that out there that we'd be happy to to review your product by you Give us the product. We'll use the shit out of it, and we'll tell people how we honestly feel about it. We'll throw me over the uh, Kink Lab spanking bench exactly. that we've got, and yeah, I try think we it recorded out. us caning you for that. As a matter of fact, I think so. I, I think, think so. so too. Do you know what was funny though? Do you know when I got that email from Simon? Hmm. You were um, well. We were in the emergency room this morning. <laughs> and I read it to you while they had you uh, doped up on painkillers. Well, that's, that's great that we remembered to talk about it now then. <laughs> I want to go to New Zealand. That would be awesome. Simon, do they have events in New Zealand? That's a good question. That would be really neat. I want to go to Australia, too. And I know they have events there. Yes. So. We actually priced uh, airplane tickets to... Oh, that's right. Kink... Uh, uh, Oz... Oz... Uh, the Oz Kink Fest. Oz Kink Fest, yes. Mm-hmm. And um, if anyone out there would like to buy oh, 20,000 copies of our book, <laughs> then we, one of us can go. <laughs> Otherwise, may not be making that trip any same soon. If you would like us to uh, go to Hell in a Handbasket, then you <laughs> can rate us on iTunes because we really appreciate that. By the way, uh, our, we do not we have a, a good rating on iTunes, but we are not as highly rated as um, Dogs That Have Pet Cats podcast. Really? So that's terrible. <laughs> we, we need more ratings on the iTunes. <laughs> Um, and you can, of course, tweet about us like um, KY Daddy and Alpha Geek, being mm-hmm. male or female, and other people do. And you can follow us on the Twitter, or you can like us on the Facebook Erotic Awakenings, all one word there on the Facebook. Um, Absolutely. Or you can email us at Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. You can. You could do all kinds. Boy, we've got a lot of ways you can get a hold of us if you we wanted do. to. We do. We do. So, and you know what? Our question of the day is by a Twitter person as well. Uh, is it? Mm-hmm. Our question of the day is what? As I shuffle papers. Oh, look at this. Uh, you know, you're right. The question of the day from Ravenheart on Twitter. Yes. So, Dawn. Yes. The question itself is, how about a favorite script for sensation play to raise energy? Um. So do you have, when it comes to sensation play, mm-hmm. I, I, now, neither you nor I will just get to the root of this. We don't have a script. We don't have a script. So um, whether we co-top, whether I'm bottoming, whether whatever, I don't, I don't know that we've ever used a script. No. So we're very much about intuition. Yeah. And more and more often lately, I have found we bring a toy bag, we unpack the toys, <laughs> and I might use one or two of the 20 things that I've brought uh-huh um, the scene over the weekend in st louis that is was a just great wicked. example of that. yeah right because right. you have to use the music that's in the dungeon we do anyway yeah yeah so it, it, it's hard to build a script when you're using someone else's music mm-hmm. oh absolutely uh but not to, not only that but when we're playing public or privately mm-hmm. um for sensual play, for any kind of play, but for sensual play, it's okay to start off with, here's how I'm going to start. Right. That's fine. And have a variety of things out mm-hmm. if you're going to use toys. But intuition is huge. Some of our, I mean, our best scenes, the one in Chicago I'm thinking of, who, who would have thought that dancing would have been part of a scene? Right. 
but it absolutely was and it worked and i don't know where you got it from but it just seemed to to work with that music and and wow so what i would recommend that instead of trying to come up with a script per se but come mm-hmm. up with you know here's five six seven eight things yes that i've looked into and as you're playing and have a start have a beginning in mind mm-hmm. and as you're playing see what surfaces and allow it to surface confidence is huge allow yourself mm-hmm. to be confident to say you know what, i'm going to try this now uh, now, some of our favorite kind of sensation plays, some of those things that we could recommend. Uh, I would, you know, absolutely, the good old full body massage. Yes. Um, done correctly. Done slowly with presence. And if you're massaging a foot, massage the foot. Don't do anything else. Mindfulness. Mas- mindfully massage the foot. Be right. present for massaging a foot. You don't have to be a um, skilled masseuse. Although I could recommend a few books out there for erotic massage that are mm-hmm. pretty, you know, worth, worth looking at, worth taking a look at. Um, right. But, but you need to be mindful. Um, can't stress how important that is because if you are automatically, if, if you're massaging the foot but thinking about how soon it should be before you get to the knee, mm-hmm. that's where your energy is going to be. Your energy is not going to be in the foot and in the moment. It's going to be to the, the next thing that you want to do. And then you're not going to be able to be intuitive. So, and the person under your hands is going to know that. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, the, the sensual stuff, I just, mm. <laughs> So, my mind can drift off a little bit. So, but it doesn't have to be massage. It can be rhythmic caning. Yeah. It can be, you know, anything along those lines. Before we leave massage, though, one of the things that I wanted to rec- uh, suggest about massage is um, one of the more sensual and vulnerable spots you can massage is a face. Mm-hmm. When you massage someone's face, it's very easy to become um, to allow yourself to become vulnerable. And you'll see that when you start massaging someone's face, they immediately they tighten up a little bit at first, and then they likely will loosen up. Mm-hmm. Uh, scalp, back of the neck. Ears. Ears, ears can be the same way. Yep. Um, and I did want to mention the book. Uh, one of the books I will recommend if you want to do some erotic massage is a book called Erotic Massage. And that is by some person whose name eludes me at the moment, but I'm going to tell you it is by uh, Carla or Charla Hathaway, C H A R L, and it is actually the the entire title of the book, "Sensual Touch for Deep Pleasure and Extended Arousal." It's an erotic massage book. It's very, it's a decent book. It's um, it's not real deep. Doesn't require you to understand physiology. Mm-hmm. Just gives you some basic ideas for erotic massage, and it's got pictures. Awesome. awesome. Pictures are always good. So, but it doesn't need to be physically uh, deep physically because right. she's also asking about raising energy. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, since you're working with another human, I don't know that you can schedule how you're going to raise their energy, you know, with a script ahead of time. So, you know, the, the, massage is going to give you a few pointers of what's going to work for somebody. And then, let the fingers do the walking after that. <laughs> so uh, massage is one of those techniques I recommend for sensual play, for potentially raising energy. Um, Pressure points. We're yeah. starting to learn that a little bit. And that raises, that, that definitely moves my energy. Definitely moves my energy. Does so, that work for sensual play for you? It can, okay. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. The... Um, Soft breath mm-hmm. is one of the ones you're blowing on people nice and softly. Mm-hmm. Um, can be effective. Um, the bunny fur glove 
and you can you can find you can just hit over to the old Walmarts or whatever and get this. What, what is it called? The the it's oh. a glove. The purpose of the glove is to put wax on a car. Right. It's a chamil. Something like that. So oh, it's not coming to mind. So the glove like, like that a can be effective. sort of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. but um, but see, I I see sensual. I kind of use the word sensual the same way we talk about sensual spanking. Mm-hmm. Sensual spanking doesn't have to be light. Mm-hmm. It just has to be mindful and present. So that's why I was saying pressure points sure. to me can be sensual as well. And so, as you mentioned, as you started to mention rhythmic caning as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tricky to stay in that sensual realm uh, with some of these toys and not go into a harder mm-hmm. BDSM land sort of thing. Right. You just have to have the intent. Mm-hmm. So, but, but yeah, I, I don't, um, I think they were wanting a script of like, I'm going to start with massage for 10 minutes. And then after 10 minutes, I'm going to go to this. And then after 15 minutes, I'm going to go to that. And then, you know, and, and I just don't see that working when you work with a, like I said, another human being whose mm-hmm. energy is on their own schedule. True. True. <laughs> And another one that I would recommend is the, um, the I believe it's Yab Yum, mm-hmm. which is a tantric technique of really just you're sitting in each other's lap, basically, <laughs> and doing some eye gazing. <laughs> eye gazing, yes. of course, is another wonderful sensual activity for raising energy. Um, Anything, you know what, if, and if you know how to work with energy at all, the Yab Yum is going to work. Anything with the microcosmic orbit is going to work. Mm-hmm. If you know anything about chakras, that's going to come in handy. Any sort of Reiki, any sort of energy manipulation, you know, once you learn how to do that and actually work with energy, then the toys and the massage and the actions actually become the tools. Mm-hmm. So once you get good energy basics understood, the rest is just going to fall into place. Mm-hmm. So, and Then one more that I'm going to recommend is, and this is my favorite one, would be to say with to your... Um, your living partner, mm-hmm. perhaps. Uh, although I guess it wouldn't have to be as long as it's somebody that you see fairly often. Mm-hmm. To say uh, on Monday, to say on, <laughs> on Friday, we are going to make love, or we're going to fuck, or we're going to have intercourse, uh-huh. and then do everything that is not intercourse between Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yes. Ask your partner to um, explore and enjoy not having an orgasm with you for that time. Tease week. Yeah, yeah, good old tease week. <laughs> That's exactly what that is. So that are some of our ideas and responses to that question of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you mentioned, if you have a question of the day, there's always Dana Dawn at eroticawakening.com as an easy way to get a hold of us. Absolutely. Absolutely. On our um, last time, we uh, last podcast, we talked about the uh, t- uh, part one of the... Uh, Phases of phases a um, of power a exchange power relationship. relationship. You can tell mm-hmm. one of us has had a Percocet <laughs> and been in the emergency room today. My words are failing. But, um, and we did get some feedback on that. And one of the things that uh, somebody from Germany wrote back, and whew, we'll try Schnellenlock. 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 Yeah, right. Schnellenlock from Germany mentioned that um, they weren't so sure that they agreed with your comments concerning the use of the word master. Mm-hmm. And uh, what he was saying was that um, someone... You were saying that someone who has not, who does not own a slave, if I understand correctly, mm-hmm. could not call themselves a master. And um, yeah. Chanel Locke says they're not so sure about that. Yeah, that they weren't so sure, that they weren't really disagreeing, but they weren't so sure about mm-hmm. that, that they uh, agreed with my um, 
with my comment. So, and so basically what I was trying to say was that sometimes you'll, you'll see these profiles of people that, um, say that they're a master and yet they've never owned a slave. Mm -hmm. And I always question that. I actually question that more than someone saying they're a slave when they've never been owned. And, and I don't know why. I've been trying to figure this out since this email came in. But if, um, if someone says that they're a master, yet they've never owned a slave, I kind of get a little concerned because I'm afraid they're living in the fantasy world. Mm-hmm. Because being a master in reality, even though you've built your fantasy world, you're still living in reality. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot more work than what, what people think that there is yeah. to, to be a master. So I... I, I'm afraid that people are, are using it in the in the fantasy way instead of the reality way because they haven't proven that they can master somebody else. They may be able to dom someone else, which is make someone else do their bidding. Mm-hmm. But to me, a master actually has the talent of getting into someone's head and figuring out how to make that person grow as a person after they've surrendered to them. And, and for myself... A master is somebody who takes responsibility for another human being. Right. Which, until you have done that, you cannot say you have done that. Now, you know, for me, first off, we uh, the first people to tell you, we don't own the language. Right. Um, and that if, it, it was really funny. We were sitting at a table with Jack Rennell and Molly Devin and ourselves, mm-hmm. and somebody came up and said, you know, ask for the definition of a word. Um, and I, it was, you, you know, what is the definition, what was, what's yeah. the difference between a master and a dom? Right. And all three of us could have gone on for an hour mm-hmm. and had a different sort of response. So we're not trying to tell anybody this is the truth. Right. It leads into a similar, you know, people have the same conversation. Can I call myself gay if I don't have a boyfriend or I've never been with a male? Well, and that's true. So, and then what this person was saying, Schneelock, was that um, by saying that they're master on their profile, they're setting their intent. Yeah. They don't want to be a dom. They want to be a master. And see, and that's what I see with slaves, that haven't been owned yet. Mm-hmm. What I've noticed is that their intent is to be a slave. They feel like they have a slave heart, and however they define that. And what they find, and what um, someone I've mentored before, don't have permission to say their name, is that when they had submissive on their profile, uh-huh. all kinds of people were trying to play with them, wanted to set up play dates, right. wanted to set up play dates. They wanted more than a play date. Their goal is slave 24 Mm 7. So once they changed their profile to slave, they stopped getting hit on. Hmm. It became more serious to the people looking at their profiles. So I can kind of see that too that if you put master, that's your intent, that's your goal. Right. Put slave, that's your goal that you're working on, even though you've never owned or been owned. Mm So I can see that as well. But as someone that has seen people want to be master and want to be responsible for someone else and then watch them not be able to be responsible for themselves, mm-hmm. I, I kind of, yeah, I still watch. Uh, you know, I, it's really funny. I, I actually have, I go both ways on this one. Yeah. On one hand, I, I totally agree with the idea. You're setting your intent. Mm-hmm. If I look at life and I say, and maybe I've attended a few play parties or I've interacted with other people mm-hmm. that identify as master. And I say, whoa, that's me. I'm looking in the mirror. Right. Then it makes, then I understand I'm going to identify as master because that's the intent that I'm trying to set for my life. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, people that I mentor, um, they're not allowed to call themselves master. Right. Or mistress in the other case until I tell them, 
hey, I think it's about time you start thinking about taking this title. Mm -hmm. For me, before somebody takes that title, I want to see um, how are you treating yourself? How are you treating people in a power exchange relationship with you? How are you interacting on the internets? Mm -hmm. You know, what are you doing for your community? And that's a big one for me. Right. Uh, What are you doing out there in the community, you know, um, to give back? Mm -hmm. Uh, For me, that is part of the... What I like to see, again, when I'm mentoring somebody, that's the rules that I have. Right. Everybody's the same. Before you can call yourself master. Mm-hmm. Um, I ha- and I've been approached not too long ago by somebody who's, uh, you know, had been in lifestyle for about six months. And uh, they called themselves Master Steve, just to make a name up. And I said, right. well, Master Steve, I'd be happy to mentor you. And the first thing I'll tell you to do is stop calling yourself master. Right. You haven't mastered anything yet. You haven't done anything to prove to anyone that you're a master. Now, that's this is the whole old school sort of thing, I mm-hmm. think. Versus the, um, and, and I think the, the, obviously things are changing now. You know, people are right. looking at, you, you're joining FetLife and you're identifying as a master right off the bat. Um, master and slave has become more and more bedroom language versus power exchange language. Um, not good, bad, right, wrong. But that's why we have our, you know, it, it's important to be able to, here's the expressing my viewpoint mm-hmm. without saying this is the correct viewpoint. And I don't think I have the correct viewpoint. I have my viewpoint based on, you know, looking at our, the, it's so funny when we look at the two different books that we've published, where mm-hmm. one is about living as a master-slave couple, living in a power exchange relationship. And the other is, hey, how can I use this power exchange stuff to get my nuts off? Right. You know, um, so we're not saying that either one is valid or invalid. They're both great understand who you are and where you're coming from and call yourself whatever the fuck you want. Mm-hmm. It's really funny on the last Bar- uh, BSing with Barak and Sheba podcast, they had a very similar question. Can I call myself master six months into the lifestyle? Right. And um, it was hard for me to keep my mouth shut right? because I'm just a producer for that podcast. But uh-huh. I did roll my little chair over and I had a comment about it. Uh, the, for me, if you identify as master, great. You can identify as can of tuna for all I care, right? <laughs> but if you identify as master and then I go over to your house and I see the interaction you have with people that you tell me are your property, right? then I'm going to decide, oh, I can see why you call yourself master. Right. Chances are I'm going to give you a harder time about it in my little Absolutely. judgmental head. Then, for, you know, if you called yourself Dom or you called yourself boyfriend. Because for me, when I, when I see master and then find out that, and, and this is a little harsh too, I guess, but if I see master and, and they've never owned anybody or they've only been in the lifestyle for whatever, or it still looks like they're in fantasy land or something, it feels a little bit like false advertisement. <laughs> so I'm going to have a lot of questions, you know, why do you call yourself a master? What's this about? What's that about? And I, I am, I'm, I'm, because my idea is going to be to make them think about why mm-hmm. they've chosen that title. So, you know, there's some people that have worked very hard to earn that title. Oh, absolutely. And again, you know, it, it's part of it's the community. Absolutely. If you're coming from the leather side of the world, there's a different, there's a little more structure, a little more mm-hmm. strictness. And it's not like it. A, it's not like it was, and I'm not going to get into this whole old garden <laughs> thing, but it's it, there's a little bit more of a, here's what I need to do before I'm calling myself master, right. which is the, the kink community, where um, it's just a different set of protocols. Mm-hmm. So that's that. Uh, but thank you very much, oh, listener from Germany, and oh, all absolutely. listeners. We love getting this kind of feedback, especially when, and I, we absolutely have no problem with the idea of being challenged. Challenge no, the fuck out of us. I loved the fact that I actually thought about that for like a week. Sure. You know, why was that my comment? Because we don't have a script 
script really when we talk about this stuff. So some of this stuff is, you know, off the fly. So it makes me sit and actually, oh yeah, I, I remember why I used to think this way. And now this is why I think this way. And it's, it's really awesome. So, and I liked what they had to say. Well, there you go. So, indeed. So what do we have coming up? That's a great question. <laughs> I have absolutely no notes on anything that we have coming up. Me neither. That's so, why I was going to point it out. So here we are. <laughs> December is right around the corner. I don't... We've got one thing going on in December. We are actually presenting on Sacred Sexuality for the Monkey Puzzle Club. Awesome. Which that is our be, local... That's in Columbus, Ohio. It is. And um, I find it kind of funny because they've run the gamut with us. They've done our kink presentation, uh-huh. our leather presentation... Um, sensual spanking. Sensual spanking. And now we're going to do the sacred sexuality. So it's just good stuff. They want to learn. They're very, very hungry. Absolutely. So, that awesome. is a great thing. Mm-hmm. And I think we're about done. I think we're about done. Well, here's the big end bump then. Yay. Want to have your product, event, charity, or service as the first thing listeners hear about on the podcast, like HughesFang.com? Make a donation to the podcast for a 10-second front bump on our show that reaches listeners from around the world. What a bargain! So, and around the world, like from New Zealand like and, New Germany Zealand and Germany and Canada. Yeah. And so contact us at Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. Need a gift idea that just keeps giving that nobody else is going to think of? (laughs) Write Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. Make a donation of whatever you want, and maybe the first thing people will hear on the show will be, John, Beth says Merry Christmas. Or something like that. That would be neat. That would be neat. If Beth is kinky. (laughs) And aware that John listens to this perverted podcast. (laughs) Or, did you know you can buy the highly acclaimed book Living in S by Dan and Dawn? Or... Sex, Sex stories, stories and power exchange. exchange. Or Erotic Awakening t-shirts, messenger bags, or coffee mugs. What else did it, what else would you get someone for Christmas? I don't know. Indeed. All items can be found by simply visiting the shop and support page of the Erotic Awakening website. Any dollar and twenty cents we make from anything sold on the site goes directly into the continuing educational mission of Erotic Awakening. <laughs> Much of the music heard on Erotic Awakening is provided by Pocket Universe for music that has been crafted and designed specifically for scenes that can range from sensual to dynamic BDSM. Visit them at www.pocketuniversemusic.com. Who are from Edmonton, Alberta. <gasps> Yay! So we'll see them soon. We will. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn. Bye.